Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to the second episode of Are You Kidding Me? Are You Kidding Me? is a short podcast that tackles youth issues, contemporary youth issues that you and I face today. Now, the topic we'll be talking about today is relevance in education. education. A very interesting topic. Uh, would you say it's a trending topic? Uh, it's been trending for a few years. It's been trending for a few yeah. years, hasn't it? People have woken up, let's say. People, have, people are starting to realize how irrelevant aspects, many aspects of our current education, educational system are. And, you know, I think that started off with the millennials. So I don't think we're millennials. I think we're a little no, bit I think, younger. I think we are millennials, yeah. 1996, I think that's when. Yeah, no, no, 95s are millennials. 96 are the new I don't know. Gens, I, I can't so. even keep track anymore. Uh, but the millennials really started that thing of, hey, we're going to question every single thing that happens around us. Yeah. And that's what disruptive technologies and disruptive companies are. Absolutely. Um, education has been due for getting a dis disruption for quite a while now. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, that's what we're going to be discussing today. When did you first realize that a lot of education is not relevant? Mm, okay, tell I, us when Abdul Mateen Yusuf came to that realization. Okay, let me tell you a story. This happened back in uh, university. Um, so I wasn't that good in math because I um, I hadn't finished high school in the right way that normal people do, and so um, so when I went into university, everyone is better at math than me. So I struggled uh, in it uh, a little bit. Um, a subject that I was really good at was something called aircraft maintenance engineering, which, uh, so my background is in aeronautical engineering and aircraft maintenance engineering more about aircrafts and how they're put together and what is the processes and systems behind that. Because I'm in love with aircrafts, that topic was so easy for me and I actually had a huge passion for that. Most of the other kids in the class didn't really care. Uh, the teacher for that class uh, w when he gave out uh, an exam, I studied, I remember I studied hard for that exam, passionately. Um, and uh, uh, and I know that I know my stuff and I aced that exam, I got full. Turns out the rest of the class who don't really know the subject that well, who don't have that much of a passion for the subject because the professor wasn't that uh, assertive, uh, they cheated in the exam and they got their they got their uh, full marks. Wow. That's when I realized uh, <laughs> the system that we have today is not is not helpful. So you'd say that was your ultimate realization. And yeah, and those who didn't cheat, um, they they simply just memorized whatever the answers need to be there and they wrote whatever regurgitated those answers onto the paper. I definitely know they don't know their stuff. Uh, but they, but those people and I got the same marks. Does that really represent what my capabilities are? And does that represent what their capabilities are? I don't think so. That was my second year of university. And that's when I said, I'm not going to do, I'm not going to be playing through the rules of exams and assessments anymore. That was my biggest realization that relevance in education is a big, huge gap in today's world. Okay, the second question I have for you. 
Mr. What do you think about that? Do you, I mean, does that does that make sense to you? Does that resonate with it you? It definitely makes sense. Uh, yeah, it definitely resonates with me, and uh, I've experienced a lot of that uh, in university. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just the fact of the matter is that you know a lot of what we theoretically learn is not applicable in in the real world. It's just simply not applicable, and degrees are are going around so easy nowadays. Yes, sometimes it's not even enough to have a bachelor's degree to get a job, right? Why? It's because companies know that every it's not what it's uh, what is being taught and what is being learned um, is not truly a representation of what is actually needed. Absolutely, in the absolutely, and that's why you have people like myself going into engineering but never actually working as engineers. People going into you know various fields but you, never actually working in those fields. Uh, and the reason why, see, I have nothing against studying something and not working in a field related to whatever you've studied. But at the same time, why do you study that? Why go for that in the first place? See, at the end of the day, for me, it's also about uh, um, a huge backlash on the actual industry. Talented people are not able to get jobs uh, because of the systemic gap. Aren't it, that doesn't that and all industries are hungry for the right talent. We always hear the terminology war for talent, right? Everyone wants to attract the best talent, but if you're not nurturing the talent in the right way, especially the next generation, where do you expect this talent to magically come from? You know, that's what it really, really bothers me as well. One is the okay, let's look at it from a youth perspective, but the other aspect is let's look at it from 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 an industry's perspective, from the company's perspective. I'm losing out on talented young kids because because they they're not being trained in the right way. Um and and that hurts the future of my business, the, that hurts the future of innovation, of development, of progress in my industry. Oh, and obviously that ties into unemployment as well, right? But okay, let's stick to the topic at hand. Let's stick to education, right? Yeah. Okay, and we've talked about the blame. Sorry, we've talked about the problem, right? Now let's talk about who's to blame for that problem. Who do you think is to blame for the fact that education nowadays is not relevant? Is it the is it the governing board? Is it is it the content creators? Um, I think at the end of the day, it's, uh, so again, university story. I don't know why I'm so many university stories today. Um, Go for it. My professor, um, in my first semester, um, when I was studying, he was my math professor. He said, um, in your life, you're gonna come across good professors, bad professors, good teachers, bad teachers. The majority of how you're gonna progress is because you're gonna complete that year or you're gonna complete that semester. Whether you get an A, B, C, D, E, whatever, as long as you get above the passing grade, you're gonna move on to the next next class, right? Whether you understand the topic, whether you actually comprehended what was supposed to be what was supposed to be taught, that's on you. Because that time has passed. Most people what they do is they sit and they blame the teacher. Oh, I didn't have a good teacher, that's why I'm bad at math. Right, mm. but that time has passed. Whether your teacher was good or good or not, it's crying over spilled milk. It's crying. It's it's you who need to take the responsibility, and that's why, especially when we have um unbelievable amount of online resources like uh, Khan Academy or you know EDX and Coursera and all the plenty of uh, expl explainer videos for multiple complicated and simple topics online on YouTube. 
how can you how can you give excuse how can you give an excuse Absolutely. that you don't that you didn't study this so to answer your question the blame falls on us as the end user the young people who are consuming education and for those who are under age that blame falls on the parents yeah but then okay but then again when a parent thinks about what his or her child requires to succeed right to basically to get employed it's a degree uh is it though i mean okay nowadays things are changing right but up until now up until now as in what the last 10 years no so people you're, got so you're saying so you're saying you're, so you're saying it's for the last 10 years people have not required degrees to work ever since the financial crisis in 2008 i think there's been a big change from then yeah but let's talk about okay okay fair enough okay the financial crisis that was there but let's talk about places like the middle east right in the middle east if you don't have a degree right you cannot work that's an in admin, specialized fields that's an admin issue not an issue based on yeah so okay so who so ba- okay so then we'll talk about the blame you're blaming parents right is it is it the parents fault that there's this admin issue see ad, see it's not just uh, um at the end of the day it goes back to um people and i think one thing that's you know unique to us here in the middle east and i guess this is where the direction we are going to go into because we're still developing uh country uh, and we're developing area of the world um innovation cannot always come from government most people in developing countries look to government to pull themselves out of problems or challenges or difficult time most if not all, the mid, vast majority of innovation and development comes from the private sector the government facilitates innovation government is a instigator it's a nurturer of innovation it's a supporter of innovation or on the contrary if its policies and regulations are are um are not right mm. then it's then it curbs innovation so it come brings back okay let's come back to the question so who is exactly, to blame if the, when you say that uh, that the admin uh, it's the regulatory problem because admin people need you to have a degree in that certain sector in order in order to work over there if companies actually stood up and said hey actually you know what we want we don't want we we, we want it in this way then regulations are going to change and that's what's happening right especially so, in the UAE when we see so many unbelievable incentives to attract people over here with regards to so many different types of visas um and the remote working visas and okay so and, and, and much more you know incentives for young so basically well. it's 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 a calm it's a culmination of problems it's a, it's not a culmination of problems it's a culmination of um of uh people who are unsure of where to go right and people so i was just reading about this the other day they call it the passerby effect right if you see something wrong with the wrong on the street most people will look the other way and say that's someone else's problem right uh, some uh, some something happened on the grow gro- oh, it's some someone else will take care of it i don't need to take care of it and this is kind of you know this 
passerby effect is where all of our stakeholders lie. Parents are like, oh, schools need to take care of it. Schools are like, oh, no, the regula regulators need to take care of it. Regulators are like, no, we're incentivizing schools, so school groups should take care of it. And so, and then that, that just goes in a circle and circle and circle, and everyone just passing the buck onto the um, And other, then in the end, person. the youth suffer. We are the ones who suffer. We're the ones who suffer, right? I think that's where the main challenges lie. Yeah, uh, passing the buck. Before Let, we jump, shall on. we just before we get? Yeah, sorry, I was just about to say before we we before we um, proceed. I feel like we've been a bit too articulate. Could you say in the way we're described? Let's talk about this problem for youth. Okay, so let's say you're in grade what? Grade five, six, right? You're in grade five, six. Okay, think about what you're learning. Think about what you're learning in school today and think about whether you're going to use it in the future. Do you remember what you learned in grade five and six, seven, eight? I think let's start by defining relevance in education. Okay. How do you define relevance in education? I define relevance in education with how applicable whatever you learn is into the workforce. All right, according to a uh, researcher from um, the University of British Columbia, relevance can be broken down into two things. One is uh, academic relevance, and the other is um, non-academic relevance. So uh, uh, academic relevance is like when you're saying, hey, I'm studying physics, so I need physics if I want to be an engineer in the future. Non-academic rele relevance, and I think this is actually uh, thought of less, is hey i have a connection to my teacher yeah i have a reverence for the educator that i'm with i have a sense of respect and a sense of belonging and a sense of loyalty to uh to people who are teaching me uh whether you like it or not jamal i honestly feel that that's going down these day these day and age this especially in our part of the world that emotional connection yeah because we it, it's still very superficial you know, uh, and and when we look at some of the best ecosystems for learning in the world, um, in the current times and during the past, one of the first things are the best people are the ones who become educators, right? There's nothing better than to be nurturing the next generation of people. Everyone else is is a tier lower, um, and. Um, I have the pleasure of listening to the Minister of Education for Finland, which has generally been ranked as one of the top um, education societies in the world. Yeah, I've in, heard. In a conference in London, and she was telling us that all of you people over here are trying to figure out how can you implement the Finnish system in your own countries, in your own schools. Listen, the first thing that we did was put teachers as one of the highest paying jobs and one of the most restrictive jobs. You, like, you need to have... A lot of experience. A I believe a minimum, a minimum master's degree in Finland. A lot of experience and qualifications just to apply for that job, right? In most places around the world, hey, if you don't have anything to do, why don't you go become a teacher, mm. <laughs> right? And Very unfortunately, true. unfortunately, that's still the case with some schools. We still see that um, that uh, a lot of the teachers, because they're uh, whether they have an effective hiring policy or there's a shortage in the market or whatever. Uh, by the way, there, I think there is a shortage in the market. 
Where where do you see do you know anyone who growing up who said hey I I want to grow up and become a teacher? Not many people. Do you do you know one? I can't think of anyone. <laughs> I can't think of anyone <laughs> no, either. No one so, comes to mind. So when it comes to relevance of non-academic education, isn't this the most important thing and we're not addressing it? Mm. We're not addressing it. How would you see how would you how would you I think I'll take relevance in academic uh, education to you. So according to the World Economic Forum, the current system of education is based on the industrial revolution model, which is basically they focus on IQ with regards to memorization and standardization, right? So basically sta- standardization everyone goes through the same thing. Standard IGCSE, standard A levels, standard math, standard physics, standard biology, right? Everyone learns the same thing, right? Um and they were saying that that th- those aspects of education can easily be taken over by AI, right? Artificial intelligence, right? So why and in fact so many industries are being taken over by AI, right? You don't need to know the process of how of what to do as a mechanical engineer because that process has been taken over by AI, right? Uh, have you seen have you seen Tesla? I, I believe it was Tesla, right? everything being built is being done by robots yeah things that you know st- in some companies still people do okay i want to break that thing that you just said yeah. right now all right let's break it down um okay first of all uh standardization and memorization can be replaced by ai so why was standardization implemented in the first place and why was degrees and you know universities all of that implemented in the first place it was because fine i understand we're coming from an education that was derived from the industrial revolution so because industries needed a certain frame of how they operate for example 4 cm is specific for 4 cm if i want a bolt i need a bolt of this dimensions mm. so i need exact and all our machinery was exact right which is why we need to from that was the foundations and then to operate that machinery we need people who are exact i kind of random different people walking around yeah. and any people who've already been trained and understand that concepts right yeah. so that's why you have standardizations if you have a certain if you have a degree <clears throat> if you have a, a a certain level of education it means that you must meet these certain criteria it was basically like quality check there was a quality control mm. right hey this kid meets these guidelines Certain right criteria. certain criteria <laughs> tick 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 so i respect that because yeah i if you're going to say hey my child goes to a great school how do you know it's a great school right just because yeah. the child is happy is that the measure yeah uh it could but most people measure it against degree uh, measure it against grades so that's what that's what the standardization system was brought in because we want to see how everyone is competing the problem is First two in my mind I think there are two things. The first one is we do, we did, we said okay that's it. The only thing that that we need to focus on in education is standardization and anyone who deviates from that path gets slapped on the wrist. Mm. Right? Yeah. And how do they get slapped on the wrist? Lower grades. Lower grades means what? Your parents get called in. Hey, why is your child dropping grades? Get him to fix himself. Hey, but no, he's actually, you know, playing football or he's building a robot or, you know, he's going for those extra classes and those other things. No, no, no. He's g- losing grades. Do you want him to get into good university? Do you want him to get a, get a good job? You do you want to or not? No. Emotional blackmail. Get him back into the system. Get him back onto the right road. 
right path. Right? And, okay, let, let's just make it clear. I don't think anyone does this intentionally. Right? I think it's but just it's a systemic, systemic. It's a systemic it's problem, systemic. right? So we're just, just putting. I'm just putting it out there. I'm just putting it but, out there. See, we're not like blaming teachers. We're not blaming principals. We're not blaming directors of schools, right? It's a systemic Honestly, problem. Honestly, it's obvious because at, at the end of the day, it's a systemic problem, yeah. right? You have to, if the crowd is running there, you, you need to continue. Mm. There's there's a saying that, that that one of the Wall Street guys actually used to say that when the music is playing, you can't stop dancing, mm. right? Right now, the music is playing. Uh, uh, right now, I mean, at that phase of your life, um, what was shocking to me, I was just in a, in, a, in a school the other day and they were talking to prospective secondary students and they were saying, hey, you know what? If you study these IGCSEs, you can become a lawyer because you know you can get into law school with these grades. Yeah, get, get, getting into law school is great, good and all, but actually becoming a lawyer is different. Hey, you can, be an, you can be a graphic designer if you study this, 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 this. Yeah, sure, but I mean, actually working as in graphic design, <laughs> I don't know. Right. Yeah. So uh, look, actually, mm. just to shed light on a bit, few of these statistics, right? Forty percent of nursery age children in schools today will need to be self-employed to have any form of income. Wow. Are you kidding me? I I don't I don't. Uh, that's that, a scary statistic. Statistics. Yeah, it is because see, at the end of the day, in no means, in no way, are we preparing even 5% of our population, of our youth population into entrepreneurship, right? I've had the privilege and the burden of going through the entrepreneurship route over the past almost three years, right? With Project U. It's, yeah, and it's not easy at all. It's absolutely not easy. And everything you have to learn from your mistakes, everything you have to learn on the go, and, um, and uh, honestly, when I look around, there are very few people who actually are, c are able to do that. Most people quit after a year because they can't handle it, right? Because it's an emotional and mental push. Okay. And it changes your personality, changes you as a person. But yeah, that can be handled if we're educating our kids in the right way. So, okay, that goes back to what I was trying to say earlier. Fine. I'm happy with systemic, uh, systemic uh, standardization because we want to know the quality of education is coming out in the right way. What about, what about getting, um, you know, students only saying that they're going to get their education from schools, right? If I'm if I'm learning it in school, it's great. If I'm not learning it, it's not important, <laughs> right? Limiting all your education to what you learn in school, that is a tragedy. Right, but what does schools actually do? You know, I was, I was, I was, I was really trying to study how schools communicate, um, you know, their marketing and how they try and get school uh, students on board. It's mainly of three things. Number one, they say, "Oh, we're going to make your student a future leader. We're going to make it, make them future ready, or you know, we're going to prepare them for the future of the world." Secondly, they'll they'll uh, they might parade on their grades. Hey, look how many kids got A's and A stars last year. Uh, look how many ca kids got, got above the 90th percentile. They'll bring up the universities that their students got into. Where my universities the students got into. Uh, do you, ha is there statistics on how many people actually got jobs after that? <laughs> no, conveniently so. Um, and then uh, thirdly, they'll parade their facilities. 
oh look we have this olympic sass swimming pool oh look we have a brand new building oh look we have marble flooring right we have an opera house we have a ski resort in our school schools have ski resorts right <laughs> i've never heard of a single <laughs> school that has a ski resort i don't know where 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 do you see that okay next episode i'm going to show pictures of schools that have ski resorts okay Um show to me after this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um but but yeah that's the three things that schools attract on. But and, and and parents are like okay this is a bundle offer. It takes the headache out of my head how am I supposed to educate my child? Takes that headache I just send them to school. School is all this figuring out for me. But schools generally don't. And the schools that do maybe are like 10% of them. and it doesn't it, there's no correlation of the higher number of the higher fees you pay the better the school is no 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 there's no correlation we've worked with dozens of schools on the ground uh, and 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 it's always it's always got to do with the culture of the school mm. whether it's a rich school or poor school or middle class school or whatever right it's it goes back to the culture of the school and it's not easy to build that culture all right we've been talking a lot about the problem Let's start talking some solution. Yeah. Talk to me. What do you think is the first step to fixing this systemic problem? See, I think the first step is uh, awareness um and recognizing that there is a problem. I honestly thought that, you know, of course people can see there's a problem. What do you mean they cannot see this there's a problem? Surprise surprise, the majority of teachers and leadership in schools don't necessarily see that problem because It's like, you know, you know those uh because it's worked for them. Not because it's worked for them because they have, you know, horse have those blinders on their eyes. Yeah, but see the way I eyes. see it is that the what the way I see it is that for example the generations before us, they don't see it as a problem because it's worked for them. Right? <laughs> because and that's the reason why they've put us through the exact same thing that they went through O levels, A levels, right? It's the same thing. See, in fact some to the point where some some of you know some of my uncles right or people i know who are much older than me look at what i'm studying and said oh i remember doing this when i was in your grade yeah but at the end of the day see that's the thing right schools are not supposed to think a generation ago i can expect a 50 year old uncle to to not know what the latest trends in education are or how people are getting employed these days because they don't know their middle management their upper management they've reached latter stages of their career why would they know what people are like when they enter their with their their careers that's that's supposed to be people in education's job but they don't the problem with people of education is they only care about what universities get into and because universities have turned into money making machines as long as you pay a university good enough amount of money you can get in and that includes the Ivy League universities That includes, you know, Oxford, Cambridge and all of these fancy Do you think okay, so do you think companies like Tesla, Google, companies who have openly stated that do, they do not require a degree, degrees, yeah. right? Do you think that that's the start to the change? It's, it's Because they that they at the top, right? Yeah. What is it? Education, so basically it's a ticket, right? Yeah. Um, elementary is a ticket to middle school, middle school is a ticket to high school, high school is a ticket to university, yeah. and you, your university certificate is a ticket to a job yeah. in most places but now that the biggest and the best companies do not require you to have a university degree right eventually do you think that that will trickle down into some of the smaller it better enterprises it better because see at the end of the day i know and i can see unless you graduated from some renowned university that produces quality graduates most of the uh, uh, unless it's a top 10 almost every other university you don't know what you're getting 
right? In what sense? In, t- in t- the quality of the graduates. Even a 4.0 GPA doesn't mean much. Mm. We've hired a lot of people. I've seen, I've been part of hiring processes in many, uh, many companies, speaking, spoken to a lot of HR directors and, and, and managers. And yeah, it doesn't speak much. It goes back down to the, the talent and caliber, but the majority of the time, because no one talks about caliber and you know, um, uh, personalities of students, uh, students c- couldn't care less about it. And when they go into uni- uh, work, they f- find that being the biggest gap. Right, and and that's why the majority of young people don't have jobs. So the first thing is raising awareness from people in schools. And then COVID made all of that just so much worse. Uh, didn't make it easy. Absolutely not. But the but but my biggest worry, man, my biggest worry is COVID is not actually going to change the status quo, because we're going back to it. People might co- talk for change. They're like, hey, we're going to do more technology. Technology is a means. You had a whiteboard. I mean, you had a blackboard in the past. You had a wh- you have a whiteboard. Now you have a smart board. Does that, does that change education? No, it doesn't. As a student, do you care whether the teacher writes on a blackboard or a whiteboard or a smart board? It's a valid point. No. All right, so awareness. That's where you... you t- uh, f- number one thing is awareness. And number two, there needs to be... There needs to be a concentrated effort into developing new systems that are able to solve for the future that we live in. I mean, that's where, you know, we, that's, that's the entire problem that Project U set out to solve, right? And, uh, you know, for- uh, Okay, for, define some of the characteristics of these new systems that you speak of. Very quickly and briefly, easy to understand. For me, a successful system that solves for education has three things. Number one, it's scalable. It cannot just solve for one a handful of kids. It cannot solve for kids only in one school. It cannot solve for kids of one demographic. It needs to be scalable. Number two, it needs to be impactful. It needs to be impact-driven, a curriculum or a program or a system or a structure that's impact-driven. A lot of times, things are driven for PR. Things are driven because they have a very eye-catching name or it, it's sponsored by someone prestigious, right? Um, so from the outside, it looks fancy. Yeah. like, But there's no real depth. Yeah, no hate to HSBC, but HSBC does a program. So I was part of an HSBC program. Mm, how impactful actually was it, right? As an example, uh, HSBC didn't do anything wrong. I don't want HSBC lawyers to come after me. <laughs> um uh, then uh, third thing for me is uh, is it needs to be agile. Agile learning and agile development of learning systems is critical. You cannot be, you cannot, the problem, the, the, the vast challenges that most teachers, well-meaning teachers, teachers who want to make a difference have, is that I have a system that's there. If I want to make any changes in the system, I got to wait five years for the ministries and the governments and the, you know, the, <laughs> the I, I do imagine what kind of dungeons the curriculum coordinators yeah. sit in, you know, blacked out rooms with. <laughs> uh, anyhow. Uh, so the first thing, we, okay, so just to go through this very quickly. Yeah, scalability. Okay. Right. Something that can be implemented on a wide scale. Wide scale. All right. The second thing would be? Impact driven. Impact driven. All right, something that truly Leaves an impact yeah, on a person. Absolutely. All right. Third thing is, the, the third thing is that it needs to be uh, agile. 
agile yes okay, it so needs to you need to be flexible on what you're going to teach and how and you need to be able it. to adapt to change it needs to be adapt because obviously we're we're living in an extremely um fast paced and extremely at a world that constantly changes yeah. if we uh, don't have a system that can adapt I know we're going to I I know you want to move on to the next thing but I just want to mention one thing over here so we I was at a lecture by um the uh, I don't know what his role was exactly but he was he was leading the um, computer science college um, of uh, the American University of Georgia and uh, this was I think 2018 2019 when the blockchain craze was at what it was at its highest and he was saying that I don't know how I'm supposed to teach my kids blockchain because by the time these kids graduate in 2 or 3 years te- technology would have changed so much it becomes obsolete so might as well just teach them the fundamentals of computer science mm. right and and that's the big challenge with education things are changing so fast in the real world what am i supposed to teach my kids am i supposed to teach my kids uh nickel uh, um alloys make batteries or whatever right tesla's going to come tomorrow and say hey we invented new forms of batteries nickel alloys are dead right absolutely uh, and and so your entire thesis uh, and so that's why that's why that's why schools go and saying we're not going to deal with that we're just going to focus on the fundamentals yeah absolutely and i want to touch up on something you brought up earlier and this is something that can never will never be will be will never be replaced by ai and that is that one to one connection or what do we call it eq then remember how we said non academic relevance yes yeah so that's why that comes in yeah because at the end of the day um jace uh, it's it's also about it's also about you know developing uh relationships no matter what amazing work you do whether you're a scientist at NASA or whether you're a supermarket owner in a back street in some con- third world country in some corner of the world it's the people that you work with and the people that you're with that make a difference your family your friends your work colleagues and those are the same people that that could potentially give you an opportunity precisely but at the, it's so it, it and and so when you people when when people say that uh that uh you know my my other bit, big pet peeve pet peeve of mine academics cannot be based on individuality the real world is not individuality all our exams all the way how we assess kids all the way how we incentivize kids in education is you need to focus on your projects you need to focus on your marks you need to focus on answering your paper i know where you're going with this But everything else in the real world is collaborative. collaborative I need to work, work with you. <laughs> I, I need to that. work with someone from another company. I need to work with someone from government. I need to work with with a, with with a person who might be from a different culture, who might be from a different uh uh background that I don't exactly understand. So I need to have empathy to better come ac- better understand what they're trying to say and better come across to them in the in the right way. So one thing would be to 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 encourage more group projects. <laughs> <laughs> it's you like, tell it's me, like poking the bear guys every you time. T- <laughs> you tell me when have group projects actually been successful? It usually is almost always. See, I I wouldn't okay, one I or two kids that, do the majority of the majority work. Why is that? Because see, I'm more than happy to do group projects if we teach people how to do group how to work in groups. Exactly my point. No one teaches people how to work in groups and yet you tell them to work on a group project, expect them to figure it out What about, about themselves. What about you could argue learning on the job? Or while they're in that project, learning they learn on the job is so different. It's like it's like this. Hey, this is this is a math exam, uh, uh, but you didn't teach me. See, it's like this. It's Figure like, it out yourself. It's like this. It's like it's this. Learning on the job. Learning on the job. Do it's, the math exam like yourself. It's like yourself. this. It's like this. I put you in a group, 
I put you with a group of people to complete an assignment or complete a project. You realize that one of those people, one of one, a person in that group is not doing his or her due diligence. Yeah, due right? diligence. I mean, job. Job, right? They're not getting the work done. You're in a situation that could potentially be a situation that you would be in in the future. Excellent. So uh, the way how I look at things is we live in 2021 right now, okay? Um, there have been thousands of years of human development before us. We're sitting in just this, this, this audio setup system, right? You know, there were, um, uh, if, if you wanna go hundreds of years back, um, the um, mosques at that time, the churches at that time were designed in a way to amplify voice, right? So that even uh, a person who's leading prayer of thousands of people, especially like, for example, mosques like uh, the Great Mosque in Istanbul, where it's huge, or the Jamia Masjid in Delhi, which is again huge. Um, uh, it's um, if a person is standing in the front and leading without any speaker systems, thousands of people can behind them can still hear because of the acoustics, right? Uh, and then after that, you know, all of these technologies, all the things that we're having in our room right now was developed, right? Because we, this person was able to develop this mic because he learned from all the learnings of the generation before them, right? The generations before them. The same thing with human uh, interactions as well. You think people don't, people didn't have difficult people to work with in the past? Of course they had for thousands of years. Why aren't we teaching people how to deal with them? Do we have books on them? Of course we do. Do we have methods? Of course we do. Absolutely. Right. Even like even in, to solve an engineering problem, right? There are maybe three or four mathematical formulas and term and methods you can use. One might be long. One might be short. One might be more complicated. One might need the use of a calculator. Whatever. But it's up to you to figure out which which formula to use. All four of them are right, but one is more effective. One is you know. The one is the more appropriate one to use. Yeah. Same thing when you deal with people, right? Somebody can be difficult to work with. Do we have techniques and, and, and methods to work with it? Of course, but we're not taught that in schools. So we have to figure out on the job, figure, figure out, out in the life. We're wasting time. Why don't we stand on and the money. shoulders? Why don't we stand on the shoulders of people before us who've already learned about this and studied it? And, uh, and we can say, hey, these are the systems that they used. Let's implement that. I was I was talking to a CEO of this multi-billion-dollar company, uh, and and they had a major um, uh, setback. They were working on this multi-billion-dollar project, and it didn't work. And and I was I was asking him because I was really curious why didn't it work? It was supposed to change the future of that industry, and he said, and he narrated two or three main problems, um, and he said the <laughs> Do you notice that all of these problems are people problems? Nothing to do with technology. Nothing to do with the implementation of the, uh, of the you know core algorithms or principles or whatever. It was all people problem problems, because we're not taught people skills, which is I'm 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 gonna argue at least fifty percent of our lives, if not more, and so that's my the if if we if relevance in education is a huge topic, but if you could really boil it down to one thing. It is we're we're move we're losing out on fifty percent of a life of a person's life experience because we're not teaching that in our education systems today. We're frankly not, and that's what needs to be overcome. People skills, 
Absolutely. And uh, that's just that's one tip of the iceberg. We've covered so many topics today. Yeah, we have. Okay. Um as we're coming to an end to this to an end of this podcast, sum it down in one sentence. Relevance in education. How do we solve for relevance in education? Relevant. Bring together the element the different elements of this podcast. We talked about having a system that works. We talked about raising awareness to that system, right? And in the end, we talked about people skills, right? So how would you define, let's say, a one statement fits all type of solution to this problem? Uh, I'm, I'm not gonna call it a solution, but, but uh, to summarize, I think we are going to be needing to, as a community of educators, raising awareness um, on making education more relevant, not just to teachers, but to parents and students as well. Getting the best teachers and best people to teach so that the non-academic relevance concept builds and people are able to respect each other more. Invest more in building new systems and frameworks that solve for uh, the challenges that we see in the world today when it comes to learning, right? Um, allocate more resources to it and implement it. And then finally, it is about uh, making sure that um, education is, doesn't stop at school. School is just one part of the puzzle, one piece in the big jigsaw of learning. You cannot limit your learning to educational institutions. And that's the biggest, you know, and, and I hope we cover this in another podcast. EDX, Coursera, so many MOOCs, Massive Online Open Courseware, have have been there for 20 25 years if not more right but not why, many of us know about them not people know about them why don't we use them it's uh, it's it, it's it's uh it's a it's a huge challenge that we need to overcome it's about getting people to use the resources we have we don't have excuses we really don't it's it, it really boils down to us picking up our picking up after ourselves and going and executing on it absolutely can't wait till we cover those topics Great. Thank you so much, Mr. Abdul Mateen. Thank you, Jamal. Thank you for um, structuring today's session. No, it was an enjoyable session and uh, we tackled a really important problem. We'll be tackling way more problems. We'll be diving deep into a lot more problems. Um, Let's call them challenges because I, I, we, we want to we, we, we solve for we, them. We, we, we talked about this. Problems also can be solved, right? There's a whole aspect of problem solving. So whatever you want uh, problems challenges potato potato anyways thank you so much for listening if you've come this far we really appreciate it and we hope that we were of any value to you at all that's it from my end do, do leave your comments and um, uh, suggestions uh, below uh, wherever you're seeing uh, or listening uh, to the podcast um, we'd love to know your thoughts as well. Uh, we we did we did try and go in depth, but still, it's a very uh, surface level exploration of the topic. Absolutely. Um, so we'd love to know your thoughts and your experiences when it came into when it came to learning and development um, of uh, of young people. Yep, pretty much. That's a wrap, guys. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you in the next podcast. Take care. Salam alaikum, bro. Salam. <laughs>